you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. podcast has unfollowed the official nfl accounts on twitter and instagram wait, wait what? <laughs> welcome to another edition of the around the nfl podcast my name is dan hansis i'm coming to you from a virtual room filled with heroes mark sessler greg rosenthal and he's back baby and he is a warrior patrick claybon what's up boys what's up everybody Remember when uh, Alex Smith, and we're going to get to Mr. Smith in just a bit, uh, had 17 leg surgeries and, and he came back and he was a hero. And then if you couldn't, re- if you, just when you thought you couldn't respect him anymore, he got cleated in the shin and he had blood and gore coming out of his sock and onto his shoe during the Monday night game uh, this week. And you're like, man, this guy, he gets it. He He's a, a true team player. That's what I'm thinking about Claybon, who had oral surgery uh, just got his stitches taken out this morning, and he's on a talking podcast mm. right now. Patrick Claybon, you are our Alex Smith. Hey, uh, look, uh, honestly, um, if 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 people are bleeding, uh, if if you're as the uh, the internet uh, sabotages <laughs> me, but but seriously, if 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 you're bleeding profusely, uh, if you're not Alex Smith. Um, you know, stay home. Uh, do do what you can to, to protect yourself. Don't, don't be don't be a hero for anybody. I, mm. I had I had a minor procedure to take care of a root canal issue that has been going on for way too long. They had to snip the tip of a tooth of a root a root mm. of a tooth, and uh, I'm back. No problems. No problems whatsoever. Mm. Dan, Dan's overselling it. I'm, I'm fine. Nobody worry about me. I, I, <laughs> I just have to miss a day of TV. We're good. I go the other way. I think um, I think we should take Alex Smith as an inspiration. Show up to everything bloody. Even if you weren't bloody before, just get bloody before you go there. Be like Alex Smith. The it's only a, the only relevant plan, bloody sock in sports history, uh, from from my perspective. I'm no I'm no doctor or rabbi, but when you snip the tip, it can get bloody. <laughs> <laughs> 
By the way, this I like that. That was a funny uh, money tag. This would be a great time to really put pull a um, a power play within the company, like heading right into. Um, one of the darkest winters uh, in our nation's uh, history, you know, at least in a long time. Just say, now it's, uh, let's consider us. Let's consider our situation, guys. It's time to consider us. Why did we unfollow all the major accounts? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand I don't, the facts behind well, that. I mean, I don't think there are any facts. I mean, I think just as a move of like, you know, we're, we're you know, just like many players do that, you know, if they're, if they're unhappy with uh, their bosses or want to make some sort of... Move. That's I guess I move. should say if if Roger Goodell is listening right now, if the chief of NFL Network Mark Quinzel is listening, uh, no, we we have followed hard all those accounts, and we believe in the direction of this company. In the message, and the message, <laughs> the message is the key. All right, big show today. So we got the warrior with us, uh, <laughs> and we are going to roll through uh, two more games. On the week 13 slate, impossibly, we're not done, though. There is a Tuesday game, of course, between the Cowboys and Ravens, and me and the Sizzler are going to give you a, a mini-pod late tonight. Uh, so uh, Stress on mini. Extra, extra content from the <laughs> ATN podcast. This show will focus on the two Monday games, and also, it's been a while, headlines from the future as we look to the end of the regular season. We have those mystical powers, and we will use them. We're not afraid to use them. In fact, we're going to do it. So let's dig in, and we'll start in the order in which the games were played on Monday. Let's head to Heinz Field. Roethlisberger throws out to the way it's hit up in the air and intercepted intercepted by John Bostick at the 25 Washington takes over with a three point lead oh uh, we the- were we were so better, due for an interception right better to so be due. lucky than good absolutely well I guess it pays to be lucky and good because <laughs> man Montez Sweat great job tipping that ball Yeah, kill that music. This is not Monday Night Football, not branded by ESPN or <laughs> Disney or any of its subsidiaries. This was just a game. And you probably couldn't even watch it because it wasn't nationally televised. Anyway, the call, Bram Weinstein, D'Angelo Hall, and that was Julie Donaldson of WTEM. Monte Sweat knocks the Ben Roethlisberger pass up in the air. It is picked off uh, by Mr. Bostic, and that John Bostic, that was Mr. John Bostic, and that was the difference. <laughs> uh, the Washington football team knocks off the Pittsburgh Steelers 23-17, to the first loss of the season. And I think it's only fair that I tee up Mr. Greg Rosenthal, uh, who predicted Washington would knock at the Steelers from amongst the ranks of the unbeaten, and they were the only one. Greg, how did they do it? The way they've been doing it all year, by like... Being better than the sum of their parts. When you watch them, it it's tricky. I don't like getting into this nebulous area of like, ooh, they're nebulous. mentally tough. You know, like they're a mentally tough team. But when you watch them, I, I, I see it. I see them competing hard as hell every week on both sides of the ball, especially defense. And I think that tip pass was fitting because this was a day where they didn't they barely touched Ben Roethlisberger. You know, I think they had three quarterback hits and in, in about 55 dropbacks, but they just keep coming and they keep making it uncomfortable and they tackle and they play like their hair is on fire. And the offense seems to find a way to do just enough in a game where they lose their most dynamic offensive player, Antonio Gibson, right off the jump. They lose the key to their offensive line, Brandon Scherf, uh, in the third quarter of this game. They just keep 
pushing. And I think heavy wears uh, the crown of an undefeated team in December. I think these teams, they they don't want to lose, but I think it's just a lot to be carrying. I think the Steelers were due, and they played a team like no other, the football team. (laughs) I I thought that the goal line stand that Washington produced, um, there were little moments. Um, I made the mistake, you know, I was... uh, I think we're all writing on Monday and then suddenly the game is starting and it's like, wait, I've got overlapping duties here. And in Washington, uh, Washington went down at one point where, where the Steelers dropped to their second touchdown. I, I, I tweeted out game over, which is never a good move, um, about Don't 14 minutes into a game. Uh, but I really was convinced that the Steelers were, were quite angry coming off the nationally televised Ravens game where they were, I thought they looked confused, out of rhythm. And they doubled down in this game and looked looked completely out of sorts. And, you know, I don't know if, if Greg, it's, it's a mentally tough um, other side of the coin for the Steelers, but the drops, uh, the, like the decision to throw to Anthony McFarlane when you've got, you know, four or five wideouts on the field in a key situation, uh, a guy that's not someone who's been a go-to guy for Ben, this seemed out of sorts. And, 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 you know, we can get deeper into the game, but one thing I find interesting is when these probably two of Pittsburgh's worst games happen Back to back, on I realize some people didn't see this game, but essentially alone, isolated alone, out there for viewers to watch. There are a lot of really um, agitated Steelers fans that feel disrespected, and I get that. Um, at the same time, they've they've not looked like a best record in the league team at all over the past two weeks. They've got to sort themselves out. I thought it was interesting that Montez Sweat said that they all knew they were going to win this game. Uh, that's fine to say it, but Chase Young <laughs> told Aditi that. We did because Baltimore exposed some things he said. So I just, you know, there's, you get that little report, and I wonder um, if there's some sort of carbon copy out there for teams to follow. Well, the, I think the copy to follow, right, is to be a solid team. And if not for that James Washington 50-yard touchdown, because uh, the way this Redskins defense is, oh, I did it. No, slur jar. Ah! <laughs> All right. Nailed We're you. going in the slur jar. Uh, that's like the first in years, by the way. Um in, in Claybon's defense, he's on a heavy amount of drugs. For right. He's <laughs> totally... Not, not at all. Not, not heavy. Uh, a slight amount. But honestly, the, um, the way that they're structured, uh, kind of built front to back, um, they're, gonna, they're supposed to make you work, right? So Fuller misses the tackle on James Washington. The Steelers score an easy one. And, and that's really the only relatively easy score uh, that they had. And, and when things are, as Mark mentioned, like not going as perfect as they could for the Steelers, that they run into this opponent um, that's going to fight you for, for every yard. And it, it just didn't work out. And as far as, like, feeling slighted or, or disrespect, it's really hard to win every game. Like, everybody right. everybody doesn't do that. So as far as the, the sky is falling and, and all of this, like, yeah, like, we're, we're saying that they're not this world-beater, unbeatable, unbreakable team. Nobody is. But you, you, you play a game against a team that's hot. Quarterback's got a great story. And um, Montez Sweat makes the play. A guy who people literally questioned his heart, right, coming into the draft. Uh, they don't know if he's going to be able to hold up. And, and now he's, he's coming to his own. This defensive line is great. The, um, and they just – this team is Alex Smith. They, they, they don't mess up a lot. They're, they're not going to wow you with a bunch of great plays, but, but they're going to show up and – they're going to give you a B minus, and if, if you don't play B plus, then you're, you're going to mm-hmm. lose. I think that's uh, well said. This is not a world beating Washington team, uh, but they are well prepared and well coached, and the quarterback uh, doesn't make mistakes, uh, even if he'll drive you crazy at times with some of his 
predictable underneath passing, but even that in the second half changed. He just he just was he just played such a a great game, and and again, off seventeen surgeries, and he entered. The only reason he really made the team was because of his, his salary and how prohibitive it would have been to cut him. And he ends up being the starter, and now they're in position to make the playoffs. And and Greg, I'm with you on the Steelers side of things. Um, in terms of the pressure and the heat that comes with being undefeated as you approach mid-December. And I, I gave them a pass for what was really an ugly game uh, against the Ravens last Wednesday. And I, and I thought of it at the time as, ah, throw that one out. It was just stupid. It was delayed multiple times. COVID issues. Everybody's knocked off their schedule. But really what it what we saw was that this was now an, ex, an extension of that where Guys dropping passes. There's just a little. They're a little out of sync and maybe pressing with the spotlight on them the way it has been in such an unusual way. And the one thing I would think from their offense, which is kind of weird, it's a bit of a strange offense. The Steelers, where they can go into these deep funks and then they come out of it for a quarter and they get the game on track, but then they could slip back under. They need to figure out this running game because they cannot. There's there's nothing they can do. It seems when they need short yardage, other than like dial up another Ben Roethlisberger quick drop back and pass. And that works a lot, but it doesn't always work. It'd be much better to have a hammer. Maybe it's James Conner when he gets healthy. Maybe it's calling a sneak for Big Breeze. And by the way, he's never been more Big Breeze than this one. 53. It took him about 54 throws to pass uh, 300. And it's it, again, that's not totally an insult. I'm talking about like a, a fairly effective Breeze. In cold weather, these receivers have dropped a lot of passes. These last two games would have looked a lot different. Uh, if that didn't happen. That said, they, they had, they're a station-to-station offense, so they don't have as much um, room for error to survive these drops because they're getting no big plays. And the running game has gone from, like, a problem to one of the worst, if not the worst, in the league the last month. And so also, it's gone from, like, bad to, like, it's it's a sinkhole. Mark, you're, you get the last word. Well, I don't know if I need the last word, but I mean, get <laughs> James Conner returning is not the same thing as like mm. Saquon Barkley returning. I mean, I I think they had issues with James Conner too. I'm with you; they're an imbalanced offense. Some of that goes back to play calling too. A lot of you people get, well, not happy pound, with you. Get Pouncey back, you might get ne- Stephen Nelson back, but you lost Joe Hayden in this game, and um, it sometimes it is just like magic, though. I mean, these the, the biggest play of the game to me was Cam Sims turning in one of those short Alex Smith throws on a third and 14 to a big-time game. And, and Cam Sims makes an insane one-handed catch later in the in the game. And even in the field goal drive to end the second quarter, it's like, they're young players. Logan Thomas, he's been cut 14 times. How about that for a comeback story in his career? He's he's like riding to a big-time game against give, the Steelers. Dan, that's my version of the last word right yeah, there. So you, couldn't give, you couldn't give Cecil the last word, Greg. No, right? I hadn't. I'm too excited about the football team coming through. Well, it was Greg, a great prediction. I'll give you that. All right. That was the last word by Mark Cecil. Let's head to the real deal Holyfield Monday Night Football game. All right. Here they are at the five-yard line of Buffalo. In the shotgun formation, third and goal for the Niners. Low snap around the knees. Picked up by Mullins. No one's open. He breaks one tackle. He moves up in the pocket. Throws a short pass. It's at the goal line, but grabbed by both the running back and White, the defensive back, and they grab it at the same time, and they're going to call it an interception. Oh, my goodness. Disaster for San Francisco. Disaster for San Francisco, yes. You got to believe. You got to believe when it comes to Tremaine Edmonds that he's going to be the one that comes away from a 50-50 ball. 
The Bills roll 34-24 over the San Francisco 49ers, and it was a good effort by the Bills' defense. This is a good all-around effort by the Bills. But really, to me, the story is Josh Allen, Patrick Claibon, 32 of 40, 375, four touchdowns, no picks. The first quarterback in Bills history to complete 75% of his passes uh, with four touchdowns, or 80%, I should say. Claibon. Are you buying in on the Bills' ceiling being lifted after this show? Look, if, if you can't get any pressure on Josh Allen, especially with Stephon Diggs playing the way – a good night. There's just – there's limited opportunity for you to have success. And I, yeah, I said it last week. As, as far as being wrong about a football player, especially after, after the draft, after his rookie year, after his second year, and it's like, it, well, you know, the ceiling is uh, 63% completion percent. Well, no, it's, it, it's past that. Uh, he's, he's well into the 60s. He's um, feathering balls, like, over the middle. Uh, there was a great uh, throw uh, just just out of the um, – Fred Warner, I believe, who is, like, 6'3", fully outstretched. Uh, oh, that was goes unreal. It, it's, it was just a perfect yeah. pass, and he had several on the night. So I've, I've never been as wrong about a player as, as I was wrong about Josh Allen. And if you can't bother him like the Rams did in the second half of that game um, – in, in in all of their losses, um, you, you're, you're able to get pressure on Josh. And kind of, not that he is as mistake-prone as he was, but he still wants to make plays. And sometimes when you try to do everything, um, it, it can go horribly wrong. But if he's, if, if he's just able to stand back there, you're just going to lose the game. I think there are these games with Josh Allen where you can tell 10, 12 minutes into it that he's in a place of total calm. And that just seemed to be him last night. And when Josh Allen plays that way, and when you're not making life tough on him, and you've got one of the better receiving groups in the league, Cole Beasley, um, playing one of the best games of his career, I think they can beat any team in the AFC or the NFC. I mean, that's their ceiling when all things are coming together. I mean, their running game was not great last night. It didn't really matter. Josh Allen was unstoppable. He was in a place of total zen, and I thought it was captured well at the moment when, uh, you know, after a Cole Beasley touchdown, when John Feliciano, the guard, the big lineman, is just cradling him like a little baby <laughs> in his arms. I don't like a lot of these end zone celebrations. I've done but that, that one with was, the cozy before, Mark. What, well, exactly. I mean, that was just perfect, and I thought it, it encapsulated the, the total peace that the Bills were feeling in taking apart a discompopulated Niners team that had moved to Arizona. I mean, when he's good, he, he's breathtaking. That was as good a half as any quarterbacks played all year because, you know, he had the three or four just insane wow throws that very few quarterbacks could possibly make. But he also had all the open receivers and the really good decision-making, which kind of puts him over the top when he's feeling it. He said after the game uh, that he was in a zone and that, you know, when it's spinning, when you know what the ball is doing, when you know what the tail is doing, and I think he means the tail of the ball, um, like that's that's when you feel everything's great. And I think that's a unique sort of quarterback. It's why I'm, I'm almost bored of myself continuing to bring up Cam Newton when it, when it comes to Josh Allen. But, man, I, I love the comparison. And you saw the graphic last night that they were the first two quarterbacks to have a certain amount of rushing yards, touchdowns, passing yards, that like a younger Cam Newton. And now that poor man's Cam Newton stuff I tried to put on Allen early is so wrong. He reminds me of Cam Newton in prime Cam Newton that he's streaky. 
And I think Cam Newton was like that as a thrower, that obviously he can make every throw that there ever is, but he does it in a way where he has like a feel on certain days that he maybe doesn't have every single day. But when he has that feel, and Cam was, I think, among the streakiest great quarterbacks in NFL history, it's like, you're not stopping that dude. Yeah, he, he, he when he's locked in, it is scary. And Mark, I totally agree. I thought the same thing, how completely... Uh, at ease he seemed to be in the pocket and there was even a, an incompletion uh, late in the game where he scrambled to his right and scrambled and scrambled and scrambled and most quarterbacks would either take a sack or panic and throw it over the middle late or just throw it away he was so confident that he kept his eyes up the whole time he eventually did throw it away uh, but even like you could see the lineman kind of chuckling with him he's like he wasn't giving up anything and uh because i think he believed he could complete, complete any pass yesterday and when allen is playing with that confidence and again this is against a uh, robert Sala, Sala defense that we've been talking up and a, a 49ers team that we saw as a team potentially ready to make a rise. And he just made them um, look like an XFL team. And if I'm the if I'm the Chiefs, if I'm the Steelers, and if I'm if any any AFC team that fashions itself a, a true Super Bowl contender, I'm I'm taking a big gulp there and being like, uh oh. Because if this version of Josh Allen shows up in the playoffs, they can beat anybody, and that includes the Chiefs. Well, and they have Pittsburgh next. And I, I would mention, along with Salah, uh, Brian Dable, who, you know, Salah. he has hung around in Buffalo for a while and I think has been a perfect partner for Josh Allen. He helped them a lot down the stretch last year when they changed the pace of the Bills' offense. I think it helped Josh Allen. Last night, I mean, the two of them, they made mincemeat of the 49ers secondary, one that a week ago made the Rams look foolish. So it is such a week-to-week league because the Niners, to me, never found that groove that the Bills did. And Dan, I saw that you tweeted, like, where is Debo Samuel and all this? They just never got into their groove. And sometimes I love Kyle Shanahan and his running backs, but like seven people had essentially rushing attempts in that game. You got to settle it down at some point and get I, get get one guy Mark and let him find tells the Kyle Shanahan settle it down. Well, no, I'm just saying. You know, it's like why not give? Why not say like today is Raheem Mostert's day to run the ball 25 times? I mean, just because Belichick likes to use a bevy of backs, and it's not every game. You're, you're just going to get shocked that some dude out of nowhere is going to blitz you for 200 yards in Week 16 and leave you dead. The Debo thing was weird because he was so awesome last week and the fact that he was not part of the game plan until the game was basically out of hand. And then Nick Mullins starts feeding him late in the game and he's making plays almost every time the ball's in his hands because he's Debo Samuel. I, for one, is like you, Mark, tread carefully when criticizing the great Kyle Shanahan. But uh, I thought, Claybon that the game plan was a little off with not having Debo Samuel have a bigger role. I I think sometimes the circumstance, the defense, the matchup, and Kyle Shanahan draws a picture in his mind of the way things are going to go out, and that, that's the way things go in the game plan. And when it works, oh, my gosh, <laughs> this is crazy. Debo Samuel, you know, he's, he's back for the first time. He looks healthy. He's got 131 and 11 targets. Um, and when it doesn't work, it's like, hey, wh- wh- where where are these football players that have contributed <laughs> so much? And, you know, why, why can't we get Julio more than four targets in the Super Bowl? Um, but it's um, – <laughs> I think that's just one of those Kyle Shanahan things where sometimes it's... Mm. One of those targets, gonna, though, one of the great NFL catches of all time. It was, it was the best catch in the game. We, we know that. Um, but in terms of uh, Shanahan, it's... Uh, he, he, the Josh Allen thing is, uh, is, is tough to compete with, especially when they, they can't get stops and it's tough for his right. offense to, to do what it needs to do on the ground. And um, They don't have and, that gear. 
Right? As, I mean, the 49ers don't have that gear. As good as Nick Mullins is, you know, shout out to Spain Park High School, my wife's alma mater. Um, you know, it's, 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 not, um, it's, it's not everything uh, that, that you'd like to have on an offense, especially, um, you know, on a road home game, which they did a pretty good job of making, um, making it look like Levi's, uh, almost, with the tarps and stuff. Uh, mm. they pull back a little bit, and it's like, ah, that's not Santa Clara. But um, well, Levi, that's got to be bell bottom. <laughs> the big bell bottom also doesn't have you know quite the charm or personality of old Candlestick, even though it's a much better facility. Not a ton of personality. So you throw in another red modern stadium. It's like all right, let's go. <laughs> the Bills defense, I think, has come out of their bye week playing their best two games of the season. You get Matt Milano back last night. I think that's huge because if they defenses are fickle. And uh, if they are, if they're back to being somewhere close to the Bills' defense from 2017 to 2019, then that, then you really start thinking about them as a Super Bowl team. The la- last thing I do want to point out is like, can we can we just slow down the Robert Salad needs to be hired by the Lions thing? It's almost like they're telling me so much. It they at one point they said the Lions would be so lucky if they were even able to talk to him. I mean, what is he a deity? Is are this you- like the Dalai Lama that they well, should be grateful? Yeah. I mean, Where at that time? year though when you're in yeah. December and a, a coordinator's having a nice year these guys look like absolute like Belichick clones you know lock it in for 20 Super Bowl titles that was Matt Patricia during the end of his Patriots run I mean Greg, Greg at least you know the, the Texans don't believe that they'll be able to speak with anyone so they've shut down all searches and just are gonna wrap you know Romeo Cornell up in Christmas uh, wrapping paper for themselves <laughs> as their present the problem is Greg you're asking for moderation from Monday Night Football and they do they do nothing like they they tiptoe into nothing if, if it's a discussion of a coach an issue That's they're fair. they're going to give you the full treatment you can tell uh, they 100%. love them though and levy said at one point and i'm hoping he misspoke cuz people made a deal uh, out of why this are on you Twitter. picking on levy all the time Enough he literally said sala sala said that he was going to have his pick of all the jobs which either a bad job by levy for re- revealing sala said that or he misspoke um I was like, really? I can't imagine he's puffing his chest out that much where he's like, yep, going to be choosing by everyone. Like, they <laughs> the last few weeks, me. Greg. The last few weeks you've been coming after Levy a little bit, and it's like, you know, you got Tessator fired up at you a couple of years ago. You, you want to mess with Levy? You see, that I'm guy not, works I'm out. I'm not messing. I don't know I'm if he messing. works out. Um, Big Tech, by the way, could help the Houston Texans, our company, our startup, which, Clavon, sure. if you want to get in on, absolutely you could buy into the company. So much um, money, Dan. Let's do it. Yeah, if if uh, if it's just a simple internet connection issue, uh, we have modems for days at Big Tech for the <laughs> Texans if they want to start their head coach search. Uh, and my final thought is, uh, Greg, uh, sometimes you can be premature in saying someone ah. uh, did a premature forking. You know, a little bit. Everybody getting mm. so crazy about the 49ers on the rise. Well, they hadn't even got to 500 yet. I'm feeling good about Mark and I's fork. You're the one that picked them in this game. I picked the Bills. I'm just saying. This NFC playoff spot has has some potential to be ugly down the stretch. I'm not. I'm not in love with any of these seven seeds, and it it could be. It's kind of under the radar that eight and eight could be that seven seed right now. So I don't even say the 49ers are out of it. And you know, Dan, I I would go back to giving us credit for what we did on the Godzilla. Uh, mini pod where we forked the Niners and you know people were critiquing us and and I and, and let's look at our our integrity as journos. Um, I'm quite pro Niners 
and had to I had to go there you know from an analyst standpoint that night and I feel that we're we continue to stand on very strong ground so you know let's um, we could end the show right now and feel good about what we've done <laughs> thank you is anyone else a little bit annoyed uh, fresh out of surgery how good Claybon looks with this lighting on him right now like I, what is up with Claybon being I'm so trying, much better looking than us? I'm trying to find out with this like Compi 386 <laughs> laptop that they got me. Like why I can't? Why it looks like it's pitch black dark in here? Like I'm doing an interview with. It's just like of- the light is hitting that beautiful face, and it's just like this. You're almost like an angel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Dan, we also spoke for about five minutes before because Dan could not get over. Claybon lost the beard post-surgery. Baby face. It's a different-looking Claybon these days. One thing that helps, I've I've just given – I'm at peace with the fact that I'm about a 5.6. Stop. Well, it's not going to – you know, when you feel good about that and you just – who am I trying to impress? You know how like it – you got to age adjust though. You know, for for a man of your age, bump it up to 6.6. Well, it's yeah, better. Mark, you're a six and a half. You, That's well, you guys. I you, you guys are all north of eight. I, I will say that <laughs> that is not a that is not period. A not true. Let's move off this topic because it's depressing for three of us. Um, all right, now. That's the football for Monday. Again, we have one more week 13 game, Ravens-Cowboys. Mark and I will hit that very quickly. Like, you'll be surprised how quickly we hit it. To the point, it's like, why do they even bother doing this? It'll be like a 2020 flash, you know? (laughs) You guys, all this honking, you're going to end up with, like, something seismic is going to happen in this game. Greg, do not, no, don't say (laughs) it. It's going to be a Minko-like 2020 flash. All right, let's uh, now transition uh, to a place... That other podcasts fear to tread. In fact, they don't even have the possibility to go into the future. 1999 AD. More than a generation away. And yet dreams travel faster than light. And even now, scientists and planners are shaping the lives of our children who will live in the 21st century. How will they live? Perhaps in a honeycomb structure like this. Take take a journey with our podcast into the future. <laughs> the 21st century beckons as we make predictions. No, premonitions. Headlines from the future. It's all couched in stodgy old print journalism. Give us a headline. Tell us what's going to happen when football ends on week 17. I believe it's January 3rd. 2021. I will get us going. By the way, spoiler alert, it should be said. If you're someone who looks at the NFL season as a television show, you probably don't want to watch the finale right now if you're in the right. middle of the season. Yeah. And, like- and if you if you engage in um, you know activities in the desert, it would not be ethical to listen to what we're about to tell no. you. It's, it's like when you're watching a show anyway and they promo what's coming up in the next segment and it spoils it's like I'm, I'm already watching just 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 check out now <laughs> that is annoying I like that we have yes that that's true it's time to get rid of that let us now go into the future the headline. Out of Baltimore, the Baltimore Sun, 
a thriving print outlet. Quoth the Raven, Nevermore, open parenthetical, losing, close parenthetical. The Ravens will win out. Hmm. Wow. Finish 11 and 5 and be the number five seed in the AFC playoffs. Don't worry, Mark. The Browns will still be in the dance. But the future tells me that the Ravens are about to flip the switch. A switch that we wondered... We'd wondered if it would ever be flipped, if this was just one of those years where nothing works out. But listen to the schedule down the stretch for the Baltimore Ravens. Home against Dallas. Also, as you're listening to this, you probably already know the result. The Ravens won. <laughs> they better win. <laughs> A lot of pressure. I feel I have more pressure on me than the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. Entering yesterday. Then at Cleveland. Cleveland will never beat the Ravens. Not in this time. Not at this time. Home Jacksonville. Home G-Man. At mm. Cincinnati. 5-0. and You already know they beat the Cowboys. 11-5. and I have to tell you, Dan, I am in... Um... You provided the analysis, but I think I should I should offer one of my headlines next because we are in complete lockstep. Mm. Um, and this happened without any sort of conversation. We had similar visions. Okay, let's hear it. And this Take is from the through. Baltimore City paper. Um, a, it's not the Sun, but it's sort of one of those papers. It's in one of those machines you open, and it's got the the Wire things. Weekly. Baltimore, the Baltimore Weekly, something. Um, it goes like this: Mark Ingram on playoff bound Ravens colon. Rest of AFC better be wearing their depends. <laughs> Mark with a C. They're going to be feeling themselves. Um, mm. The Ravens come playoff time after what they after what you've just described that they will do, Dan, and they will be at full power. Corona deep in the distance, and uh, it will be a scary sight in the future. Spooky. I'm I'm loving all this Ravens backing out of nowhere. I've been getting picked on for my belief in them. Uh, well, you've made excuses for them all year, but things are about th- to change. That, yeah, that 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 they could uh, respond. They, there there's still some issues here. Um, well, they, they, they already I, they already I, have responded. They're they're in the playoffs. They're eleven yeah, and five. Right. Well, they also already beat the Cowboys today, <laughs> breaking that losing streak. Right. So. Book it. That's true. That Monday night game um, against the Browns, and it's it's too bad your Browns lost, Mark. Um, there there aren't many games left on the entire schedule I'm more excited for uh, than the Ravens-Browns, with the Browns a chance to get a little revenge. Well, 31-17 Ravens beat Cleveland. So you can still watch it, Greg, but the result <laughs> will not be unknown to you. We you gave one? you a spoiler alert. You can't get upset with our podcast right now. But in all seriousness, I, there is a there's also a very obvious chance, or I shouldn't say obvious, but a very real chance that the Ravens play. You know, the season continues in a similar script. They go, let's say, I, I feel like their floor here is probably nine and seven, and maybe that's good enough to get in the playoffs. Maybe it's not, um, but I don't know. There's just too much talent here. There's, there's, there's. I just believe in them to get hot. Um, 
Anybody else would be, would anybody be stunned if they won out here? No, not against that schedule. schedule. No, they they might be favored in every game. Cleveland will probably be a, a, a toss up, but they're they they're going to have to get to ten wins. It's it's not it's not simple for them. I I don't think there's any chance a nine win team or very little chance a nine win team gets the AFC. All right, Patrick, take well, us to the future. All right, give me that music. I want to I want to get into the zone because some people are going to tell me this as a prediction doesn't warrant all the pomp and circumstance. But this is a headline from a paper that means something to me. It's the Gatesville Messenger. Oh! The headline after week 17. Gates is out, Dan. And you say, Patrick, why were you telling me this in December when we know that this is already going to happen? Well, it's, it's because the subhead Turmoil at the top comes to an end as a name in football returns to the National Football League to bring consistency to the franchise. Jim Harbaugh is the head coach of the New York Jets. Things didn't work out in college football. You think you get to pick the players, but you really don't. (laughs) <laughs> in the National Football League, you have an opportunity to secure talent. And with a name like Harbaugh, you can stand the test, this theoretical test, that somehow the air, the pressure is different in New York. <laughs> Turns out the field is still the same link. The football <laughs> still weighs the same, unless Tom Brady's playing. You can win in New York. And Dan can finally rest as a happy Jets fan. Congratulations, mm-hmm. ma'am. I, I really hope Jim Harbaugh works out for you. I, well, this is this is quite a, a spoiler, um, but That's you know the, the Jets. Subhead. The Jets have been. <laughs> I'm not a Jets, writer. <laughs> That's you guys. <laughs> the Jets have been sniffing around Jim Harbaugh uh, before that. So this this makes a lot of sense. And then you have to the old Chris Wessling line, which I love so much. History is instructive. The last time that the New York football Jets bottomed out in true humiliating fashion from a season standpoint uh, was under Rich Kotite when they followed a 3-13 and with a 1-15. and And they went and they got Bill Parcells from the Patriots. And that was the beginning of a really fruitful era for the organization. And I, I get the feeling that the Jets are going to want to make a similar splash mm-hmm. here uh, at a time where, again, I didn't look into, I should have looked into the future and I had the opportunity and see if they had Trevor Lawrence as their number one pick, but we don't know yet. But at a time where they could have the best college prospect uh, to come out of the draft since Andrew Luck, when they have more free agent money than anyone, when they have all these first-round picks, uh, to now bring in a big name at head coach, that to me feels like a move the Johnsons might try to make here. Uh, so not only do I uh, not question your premonition, uh, Claybon, because I would be foolish to do so, because obviously you're right here. It all passes the smell test for me. Mm. 
Sound, sounds like the type of mistake the Jets make a lot. <laughs> you know, the, a general manager's in place, and he has no say over a coach who's going to wind up having more power. I when when these Bill Cower rumors came out over the last couple of days, where Boomer Esiason is saying that like Cower might be interested in the Jets. My initial thought is like, even the Jets aren't falling for Bill Cower. Okie doke. I mean, it's like what did what does agent call all the reporters? And they're like, no, nah, we're not going to go with this. So they're like, well, Boomer will float it for you. I mean, give me a break on on Bill Cower. Um, this actually reminded me of a headline that just uh, got cut on the cutting floor. So, in case you are curious about that number one overall pick, unfortunately, uh, the January fourth headline on the New York Daily News, one of them uh, is going to be "Darn it, Sam Summerine's tank for Trevor with last <laughs> second win over the Patriots." Darn it. <laughs> um. Yeah. That, I could see that happening, but uh, maybe maybe Jim Harbaugh would be a terrible move. But I I guess what are the alternative? Who's the who's the number one name in this head coaching search? And it's going to be a crowded and competitive field anyway. I get Brian Dayball for instance, Eric okay. Bieniemy, Eric Bieniemy. Uh, you could say Arthur Smith, perhaps. I mean, all these guys have positives to them, but is there a slam dunk higher if you could pick anybody you want? Maybe Harbaugh is past his expiration date. I, I, I wonder, and he's, I think he might be a little bit nuts. So I also, <laughs> I worry about that in New York. Uh, oh, it'll be but, fine. Don't worry. But, you know, if, if the Jets aggressively went after Harbaugh, I wouldn't hate it. And probably it would blow up in their face just because we're going mm-hmm. off the, uh, the history of this organization. But I honestly would not hate it if that was the path they took. It's all I mean, about any, the any concern that Michigan is a raging disaster. I don't know anything about college football. Clemmie well, I mean, made a comment see, that you don't I, actually get. To I would pick hope the someone players. would do their homework know. on what no, about I, Michigan. I, but this is particularly why, like I, I saw this in my vision of the future, that this is something like a, a vast majority of football mm. fans in New York don't care what happens at the University of Michigan. Uh, they, they're going to see the name Jim Harbaugh. They're going to look at the old stuff, and, and they're going to be like, oh, okay, and he'll get a chance. He'll, he'll well, get like a Har- legitimate chance that, that maybe like an Eric Bieniemy wouldn't get or any of these. Mm. Uh, Bob Sala probably wouldn't get. Uh, there's a lot of scrutiny that comes w- without having this this resume that brings all those other things with it that Jim Harbaugh has. And, it's, mm. you know, it's I think it just it, it, it's what's going to happen. So th- there we go. I mean, it's the future. <laughs> it's like Parcells, the best few years um, of a Harbaugh administration are always the first few. So, uh, you know, that happened in Michigan. That could happen with the Jets. And then it sort of then he burns himself out. And Greg, do you have any other negative wish casting to put on my team? As if <laughs> Wait, you're mad that I'm like, saying Jim Harbaugh wouldn't work? I mean, uh, no, but you also predicted would, that Darnold's going to blow the, the Trevor tank. I mean, at what point do you does it run out this this wish? To yeah, I thought you wanted happy? them to win. I, I could just imagine them beating the Patriots. Let's go to another headline. I'm going now. Let's Nasty do it. That, that was my backup uh, headline. But I figured. Thank you, Patrick. I like that. It was topical. It was topical. All right, let's do it. Topic is you're a jerk. (laughs) Believe me, uh, you don't want Jim Harbaugh. All right, here we go. (laughs) Jackpot! Hole. Raiders in disarray after disappointing end to the season. That's written by Bill Bradley over at the Las Vegas Review Journal, our old NFL media colleague, now the sports editor. That's right, Double B. Caught a bird. This Raiders team taking on a little bit of water 
uh, as the season ends. Reminds me a little bit of the last John Gruden team in Tampa. And uh, like that team, I think if things went sideways down the stretch here, you have the Colts, you have the Dolphins, you find a way to lose maybe another division game and you end up at 8-8. Eight and eight. Just feels like a, a recipe for a lot of whispers about everything going on in that organization. Gruden's not going anywhere, but Gruden on a losing streak to end the season just feels like a guy who's got to get wild and blow some things up. Say say what you say what you mean, Greg. What is he going to do? He's going to fire Mike Mayock? I'm not saying that. I don't know. I'm saying the rate that, that the Raiders are are ending the season. Uh, with a very disappointing finish, just like the year before, and that John Gruden is an emotional man who will who will change some things. I do not think Mayock would be would be in any trouble. Right, it would have whatsoever. to be Derek Carr then. I mean, if it's not Carr, Mayock, or Gruden, the low the news element to it is lower. The well, sounds then, like page six. I mean. The, the, First of all, what else does the Vegas sports section have on January 3rd? You're telling me the Raiders not bumbling to the finish line? Is it a big deal? Uh, after being where they were and all the excitement that they had, uh, if they finish 7-9 and nine or 8-8, eight and eight, which I, I do feel like is on the table, I think I think a lot of things could change. Certainly the coordinator. Um, mm. But also, yes, the quarterback, I think, would be, would be in play. Even though I think Derek Carr has played well, I just I don't I think it would be in play. I'm the biggest Raiders booster on this podcast, but I have to admit my faith is now shaken after these back-to-back performances. They shouldn't have beat the Jets. The only reason they beat them is because Greg Williams got himself fired with the worst play call of the year. And, of course, we know what happened against the Falcons, that 43-6 loss. So they they seem like a team. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. And this is why the NFL is the most popular sport in the country. Just when you think you have it all, it's the old Roddy Roddy Piper quote. Just when you thought you had all the answers, I went and changed all the questions. I, I feel like the Raiders, that's so obvious that they're going to go in the tank. That, that would it totally stun me if they go and beat the Colts, who, by the way, didn't look so hot themselves uh, in their uh, Week 14 game. I just think the week is the league is such a week-to-week thing that I don't want to put too much into these two games. And by the way, they did win their last week. So the, the, so they're seven and five. Uh, but I do I do acknowledge, uh, as the Raiders fan of this podcast, apparently, there's reason to believe that this premonition will be accurate. Well, I mean, why, you, they had no business winning that game. Honestly. Why discount Greg's fortune telling at all? I mean, everyone else's has been taken as, you know, I the Bible. I can't do it. I, yeah, I, I mean, I, it's, it seems saying. like it would, be, it would be as clear as anyone else's, so... It's a it's, premonition. They're going to melt. It's not a prediction. How, no. how different would you feel if jackpot hall? That's pretty good. <laughs> if there was a close loss uh, to the Falcons, and then they or a close win against the Falcons, and then the opposite happens against the Jets, like would we feel would we feel that much different? Like the like the Sam Darnold through the hail mary. Yeah, I mean, is is there? Is there that much of a of a difference over mm-hmm. the course of the week versus how no. we feel about well, the I think we're getting into my favorite part of every episode, Claybon logic. Take me through it. So, what are you saying, Patrick? I, I'm just I'm saying Greg has seen the future, and we, we see the future, <laughs> and whether it happens 
this last week or this week, I think this Raiders team is, is kind of what, what it looks like they are. The same thing they were last year, a potent offense and a defense that that's really not going to bother anybody that much. And so it, it, it all comes down to Derek Carr making these throws. And mm. if, you know, if Greg Williams blitzes 37 people and you've, you've got Lamar Jackson out there with nobody within 30 yards and Henry Ruggs can run past them, uh, they can beat you. But if you don't do that, then, uh, you know, it's going to be a little tougher on them. I don't know what John Gruden would do exactly. Like, you know, it just feels like if, you know, in his third season and if it goes bad at the end, he's just got to do something. Like angry know? phone call to Bill Bradley. Maybe he just has a wild, you know, night out, um, you know, at the Mirage. I don't really know, but it feels like he's going to do something. All right. If you are just tuning in, we are looking into the future. All pertinent information about this family, its records, its tastes and reference material, is stored in the central home computer, which is secretary, librarian, banker, teacher, medical technician, bridge partner, and all-around servant in this house of tomorrow. They nailed that one. Pretty spot on. Yeah, pretty good. Up next, from the Detroit Free Press, known locally as... Freep. <laughs> a lion in sunset. I take you to Sunday morning. It's a report that goes live on our website at exactly 6 a.m. from NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport. Ian's report. The Lions game against the Vikings is expected to be Matthew Stafford's final start for Detroit. Mm. Ian further goes on that the Lions are planning a complete teardown under their incoming regime and they are complying with Stafford's wishes for a clean break at this time. No bad blood. But Mr. Stafford is ready to move on to whatever comes next in his career while the Lions blow it up. And listen, we saw it just this week. Matthew Stafford threw for 400 yards, led the Lions to one of those great, fun Matthew Stafford comeback wins. That's not really what they need right now. In fact, it kind of hurts them that he's at that level. I was thinking about Stafford actually. So you have the you have the Dalton line established by Chris Wesson in 2014. And he is the prime meridian for a franchise quarterback. If you're this is, you know, maybe a little out of date at this point, but if you're uh better than Dalton, you're a true franchise starter. If you're behind him, you're not. You're not the guy. I feel like Stafford is the the Stafford line is for that next tier for top quarterbacks. And like that's how you differentiate if a guy is a true franchise star quarterback or someone closer to the middle of the pack. And I feel like his coming off this season, it's been a little up and down, but he's still uh, in his early 30s. He's got a lot of good football with him. I think he would be a fascinating uh, player in the Tom Brady role from last offseason. Well, I don't know if it would have to be a trade or a way where he gets out of his contract and he's a proper free agent. Uh, but that's what's coming. 
I'm sticking to the prediction, though. We're keeping this within the 17 weeks of the regular season. The prediction is that the Lions will be clear and open about this, that this is the end for Matthew Stafford in Detroit. I think we're blown away. A um, I'm with you. I could see him in Denver next season, in Washington, uh, a number of places. Uh, and I, it's not totally without weight that his wife has been popping off about the state of Michigan, about the Lions, about Detroit in general. She seems relatively unhappy with. She's going after Michigan. I missed that. Uh, she did. I mean, I mean, it's it seemed like a more of a citizen's complaint about Michigan. Basically, there some of their lockdown um, mm. antics. But uh, you know, I just maybe maybe Stafford is half the equation, very ready to move on himself. I, if I someone put a gun to my head and say list your top five um, most memorable Matthew Stafford moments, I would struggle to. But I don't You'd doubt. Be like, that, what? A, what? You, yeah. well, that's weird. This Why is are a you waste doing of that, violence. man? <laughs> it doesn't seem like this it's, is worth it. You've got your whole life done down, man. Well, you know, I'm just saying, but uh, I, I put that more on the Lions than Matthew mm. Stafford. I would love to see him in a different uniform. I just would. So, Dan, I trust Fresh start. your crystal ball here. Yeah, uh, and, uh, Staff- Thanksgiving 2013 when he had all those injuries. Uh, that game against the Browns where he had the NFL Films thing on the wire. Uh, they made the playoffs that one time. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> <laughs> be a terrible yep. way to go Stafford was asked earlier this month and I thought this was interesting if he still has the patience to go through another reboot another regime change and he's been there he was the number one overall pick in 2009 he's been there 12 years and he's been a good soldier uh, for the Fords over that time he's played almost all the time he was hurt a little bit in the beginning of his career I know he had the back issue last year but it, otherwise he's played every week his answer when asked if if he would have that patience was i'm not going to limit myself to anything which i thought was an interesting answer uh, because it'd be very easy to just give an answer that didn't give you anything to think about but that makes you think that he's thinking about a fresh start uh i like this greg i like the idea of what he would bring uh to the nfl in terms of intrigue this spring to to a Kyle Shanahan offense, maybe. Um, there's a circumstance. Um, the Belichick be, offense? I don't know. Sure. That, that would be good. Either one. His contract's very tradable. People think these guys are paid a lot. In reality, I think any contract that wasn't, you know, that you don't have to give the guaranteed money up front, they're all good contracts. So he's under contract for a couple more years at a, you know plenty reasonable. Rate. This would be a Lions type of thing where he, they're put in a tough spot before they even have a GM coach that they don't really have the, you know, leverage or choice whether to keep him or not. And he's making the power play. You know that that would be problematic for them. But I also could see that timing <laughs> playing out that way. It has before. Right. Let's move on, Patrick. Painting a picture for you. Mm. The season has just ended. Expectations have been met by some teams and not met by others. But the headline in Miami, uh, pick your favorite newspaper. It's, um, there's so many good options in Miami. Palm Beach Post, Miami Herald. Palm Beach Post, let's go. Not thin-ish. As Tua Tungavailoa and the Miami Dolphins knock off presumptive contender, the Buffalo Bills. In the final week of the season. 
Subhead. Two of shines. Ben's wife. Much shorter that time. Looking into the future. <laughs> seeing the subhead. Recognizing the way things go. Mm. Dolphins win week 17. Yes. Uh, underrated um, newspaper core, really, and beat beat writer group in Miami. You got the Herald, you got the Palm Beach Post, you got the South Florida Sun Sentinel. Most towns down to one paper, one uh, you know great local coverage. Miami still got three. Still, all well, you got a lot of older people that remember exactly. the concept of reading newspapers in a younger city. There are some people that have never done that. So, it's a good point. <laughs> and they still have them to read, which is which is key, right? When you're right. If that game's in week 17, that's the week 17 game, Mm. and they are one game behind the Bills right now. The Bills won their previous matchup this year, so obviously, for multiple reasons, Dolphins need to win. That would then be the tied in the head-to-head, and then if they, I assume they're tying their final record, Clavon, or I shouldn't assume that. No, they they just, they get in. Uh, oh, they get in the playoffs. They, get they don't need the to get win the division. Gotcha. In they the have the toughest schedule yeah. of any team down the stretch. They do not play uh, a losing team. They play the Chiefs. They play the Patriots. They play the Bills. I'm forgetting who the fourth team is. It's a, I think it's the Raiders. So that, that is a playoff stretch. That is a, a tough slate. And if they can get out of there 2-2, two and two, which I think is reasonable... I think you get to 10 wins, and I think Brian Flores wins Coach of the Year. In this deep of a field, I think they might need to get to the playoffs to to sway those voters because I think that all those Coach of the Year votes are going to be split. I feel like the Coach of the Year might go to someone in the AFC East. I still think Belichick could get it if they make the playoffs. They got to win out. You got Stefanski. You got Sean Payton winning with backups. You got Tomlin. You got Lafleur. So you go in a lot of directions. pretty crowded field. Yeah. All right. Up next, Mark Sessler. Well, I you know I know that we um we've spoken at length on during this segment. I'm going to offer two quick um, <laughs> NFL business uh, headlines oh. that will uh, create some issues at the end of the season. Both Gun to your head! 17. Gun to your head! Sue, stop! Sue, stop! No, it wasn't Stafford that got stomped! No, we're past that now. <laughs> Shall I continue? Yes. <laughs> this... Mark Maskey from the Washington Post. Bubble butts, colon. NFLPA votes no on Puerto Rico postseason safe space. Now, <laughs> when you read this, it's bubble butts, B-U-T-S, as in a bubble... But. Nice idea, but we aren't doing it. The NFL pay, PA will not be into the idea of um, gathering as a playoff uh, field in Puerto Rico after too many arguments in the United States over where that would take place and contingencies. Second quick business headline. Yummy, yummy, put this game in my tummy. This one is concerning. Phil Mushnick of the New York Post. That, that old dog. Keep grinding, biatch. Goodell says Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday games, in quotes, a possibility for 2021 and beyond. Mm. You know they're loving these standalone operations here in the middle of the fall and early winter. Games every day, mimicking baseball and football. Our little lives that used to be contained to simply Monday, (laughs) Sundays and Thursdays, no longer family chaos ahead. 
This will be the first season in the history of the National Football League, our league, where there are games on all seven days of the week. I was reading the New York Times a COVID-19 coverage at 4 a.m. Uh, this morning because that's what I do now to, to clear my mind. <laughs> and uh, there was a comment that with the vaccine now uh, ready to be rolled out, and it has begun over there in the U.K., congratulations to everybody there. Yeah, shout um, out to the NHS. And, and hopefully uh, coming here soon and it works and everybody, we can move past this. There is a belief, according to the New York Times, uh, that we will return to a normal life potentially by the fall of 2021, which lines up perfectly for the old National Football League potentially uh, to, if they could just get through the rest of this month, through the playoffs, the Super Bowl, that the way the schedule sets up, um, the NFL will have dodged COVID-19 uh, for the, the back half, hopefully, of this wretched, wretched disease. Hmm. Is it a disease? Whatever. It, we could have used our some of our fortune-telling skills on actual matters such as that, but mm. we um, we yeah. stuck with divisional races and, and wild card <laughs> entries. Weird that Mushnick seemed to be addressing that headline to you specifically, keep working, yeah. biatches. Yeah, I think so. Well, he's sort of like, he doesn't, you know, he can pick and choose what he feels like covering. Um, he's a little cranky. Yeah, maybe yeah. he could get Mushnick. a vaccine for being a horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know him personally. Is he is he a not a fun not a fun know. gentleman? I, I think if if we were to extend trash takes for you know uh, the duration, he would be he would be up high on the list. Mm. Of, uh, yes, he would. Yeah. All right, close this out, Greg Rosenthal. Ooh, it's a lot of pressure. Um, all right, week week seventeen just ended. January fourth morning. They're still doing the New Orleans Times Picayune three times a week, I believe. Wish it was every day. What a paper. Um, headline from Jeff Duncan here. Time to live on Taysom Hill? Question mark. Breeze's December struggles opens the door for new QB. The hill to live on comes back. <laughs> totally can see it. In this scenario, maybe Taysom... Hill starts this week against Philly. Maybe he doesn't. But either way, Breeze comes back. Looks like you would expect a 41-year-old human who had just had all sorts of ribs being broke. human. <laughs> Is he 41? Um, to, to play in a, in a highly competitive physical sport um, with some struggles in December. Reopening um, a quarterback question, potentially even for a number one seed. We, we had this conversation. I was on the uh, Good Show with Ben Ennis and J.D. Bunkus up in Toronto this morning. We talked about this very topic. And my take on where they're at right now with this quarterback battle or, or potential battle or showdown is Taysom Hill, if he plays this week against the Eagles and lights up the Eagles, plays at basically the level he played this past Sunday – it gets really interesting, I think. Hmm. If he if he either heads to the bench on Sunday and Breeze takes over, or he plays closer to his first two starts, I think that takes some of the air out of the balloon of this drama. But if he lights up the Eagles, I still think Peyton goes back to Breeze because of the loyalty factor and and the fact it's almost like a Peyton Manning uh, and Gary Kubiak in Manning's last season when they went back to him, even though maybe you weren't sure if it was the right move. But if he does struggle 
and and the and Peyton has that memory of those last two starts by by Taysom. How could you not consider? Hmm. They're all in for a Super Bowl. I mean, if you ha- if you have a better option at quarterback, how can you ignore it? I think it's all about Breeze. If anything, I think the way that game ended, if that happens to be last Taysom start, will be a pretty bitter um, taste in Sean Payton's mouth. Fumbling twice in the fourth quarter, including just a ghastly one, which which almost lost the game for them. I, you know, going twenty five minutes without scoring is something I think that you know against Atlanta, I think is something that Sean Payton's going to remember. But it, I'm basing this more on. Breeze that if he comes back at a at, at his age, he's had some struggles this year, and understandably looks his age off those injuries. That then that opens the door, and they're going to have to think about it. I wonder if they'd ever platoon each for like a half or something. Um, <laughs> but I don't know, Greg. It's your prediction, so you you could actually answer that question. But uh, I'll wait for the drama to unfold. Well, at this point, I'm just set, setting you up that Breeze has his struggles, and it, and it becomes very much an open question. The struggles that that anybody could have uh, late in late in the season, uh, the struggles that easily that, that Taysom Hill could have, uh, right? But uh, as Greg has seen the future, right? Um, <laughs> we don't. We already know there's not much future for Drew Brees left, and so uh, whether it's if if we don't even see Jameis, right? It's kind of it's kind of presumed that well, it's it's going to be Taysom time, right? If we don't if we don't see Jameis through this stretch. Then, then what else would the Saints do in the absence of Drew Brees? Well, it might be a media thing too, but uh, yeah, you're just. I'm very curious to see. Like, let's say that he comes back for Chiefs Saints Week 15. I mean, whew, I don't know. I'm just curious to see how Drew Brees looks. Here. We now, ladies and gentlemen, close the curtain, the mystical curtain and take you out of the future and bring you back to the reality of the present. Tell no one of what you heard today. What's next? The things you've seen are technically possible. It remains only to apply what we now know to fulfill these dreams of tomorrow. The world of 1999 and beyond is limited only by the boundaries of our imagination today. Today, 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 today. Things got dark there. (laughs) I don't don't think we made it. (laughs) We're stuck. All right, before we go, let's look ahead now a little bit closer into the future. No predictions here, uh, but... Thursday night football, the beginning of week 14. And Greg, I know you are very excited about this match. Mm, it's the battle for my household. You know, my my two kids on the opposite side of Rams Patriots. My wife sort of become a Rams fan. It, it's not going to extinguish uh, the memories of Super Bowl 53 for Rams fans. But I do think it would be a nice... Or the rest of us. Right. Uh... Ooh, what a dog that game was. <laughs> What a memory. Um, I do think it's it would be an important hill to climb for them because they shouldn't lose this game. They are more talented. They are more balanced. And I think if they did lose to, a, to an admittedly frisky Patriots team, it would probably be because Jared Goff was outwitted 
and that the Rams were out coached. They 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 have more talent, and this is a spot when you look at their schedule, they should win the NFC West if they beat the Seahawks in Week 16. The only way they could trip up is is lose a game that you shouldn't, and I, and I would put that into this category. The the Patriots are going to try to ugly it up with with long drives on both sides of the ball, really, and keep the score low, and, and that wouldn't surprise me if that happens. But they, they should have more. They really should have more than the Patriots. I wouldn't be shocked at this. The final score were kind of close to that weird Super Bowl score that no one predicted. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not as severe for the Rams, but I, I look at the Patriots. They're 4-1 over the last five games. And even forget just the last two games, what they did to Kyler Murray, um, what they did to Justin Herbert, what Stephon Gilmore did to DeAndre Hopkins, 55 yards. Keenan Allen last week, 48 yards. No receiver or running back for the Chargers had more. They they erased that offense. Uh, and, I mean, I understand that's Belichick versus a rookie quarterback. But Goff, to me, is also uh, vulnerable in similar ways to um, excellent defensive coaching. And so I think this is a, this is a get-over-the-hump, prove-people-wrong game for Jared Goff, who people probably from a distance could say this will be one where he'll have trouble. Um, let's see if, if, if that can be something different, if the storyline can be different. This is one of the few Super Bowl rematches where a lot of the characters are gone, but I think if you're Sean McVay, this matters a lot to you. You know, Cam Newton has five touchdown passes this entire season. I mean, that this is a good quarterback game because Newton, despite continuing to be good with the football, running the ball and, and finding the end zone that way, geez, what is he going to look like in this game against a Rams defense that is stellar. Um, that is, that is a big, a, a big test for Newton who's struggled obviously all season uh, and especially in the last month or so to move the ball through the air. And they're, they're overmatched all the time though, right? Like is Jalen Ramsey going to travel with Jacoby Myers? <laughs> like, um, <laughs> like, so the, the, this idea that they're, 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 there's this mismatch uh, talent wise on offense. It's true every week. Uh, it's it's going to come especially down to, true this week though. Yeah, it, it's it's certainly uh, the case this week. But what we've seen, uh, we saw it uh, the the Flores versus Jared Goff and Sean McVay situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps if if you believe in such things, there could be a similar Belichick uh, defensive performance. Even though they're missing most, if not all, of those guys uh, from that defense that played like that in the Super Bowl. I, I, I I'm with you guys. I see a close game. Um, and the Patriots are a little bit hot, but I don't. I don't really know how much mean we're how much meaning we're going to be able to extrapolate from this from from either team. Mm. I, I, I think they're both kind of uh, just mired in this middle, and there's something missing on Can- both squads. Right. The the way the Patriots are playing are insane. I mean, Cam has career lows for passing in their last two weeks, and it was two of their best games of the season. He has eleven rushing touchdowns. I mean, they they are they are they are a nineteen seventies team. But the defense is why I give them a chance uh, because Adam Butler's playing great. Chase Winovich, Josh Uche, like they they're coming together defensively, and they could ugly this one up. And, and Gunnar Olszewski is going to do something magical. <laughs> I got I got the Rams twenty to sixteen. What do you guys? Oh think? yeah, it sounds about right. I maybe I'll steal that for the old uh, game picks column there. That score. Going nice. Patriots. Don't have to steal it. It's my gift. Patriots nineteen, Rams eighteen. Ooh, nineteen seventeen yeah. here, Patriots. Ooh, wow! All right, so there you go. Tune in Thursday, and uh, and we'll have a recap on that, a shorty on that as well. In addition to, of course, Mark and I 
handling Ravens Cowboys duties uh, wrapping up week 13. So a lot of content coming your way. Thank you, as always, to everyone. Thank you to Patrick Claibon, the warrior, Willis Reed stuff right here. Uh, and we will not forget it. That's That can be a promise. Hey, Ricky, what's up? Hey, guys. Just before we go, I wanted to say that our Instagram handle just hit 18,000 followers. Boom. Wubba, wubba, wubba. And that is the ATN podcast. And we've been putting a lot of cool stuff on there. And we're, we've got some new stuff. Stuff, you know that we're planning for that so if you're not following it make sure you head over there right now at the atn podcast do it great news should that i be offended that work. like i have about five thousand fewer followers so that there must be four to five thousand people f- listening to our show that are that have n- that dislike um what i'm bringing <laughs> to the effort that's yeah, you all have, I can glean from that it's an interesting le- way you have more than five less yeah lots wow less. well yeah it's like maybe they're not into like the 1993 college photos of Mark Sessler as much. <laughs> I was told by someone at the NFL, you, um, and this was, I was later told this was misguided advice, that I needed to turn my Insta- Instagram account into an NFL exclusive, um, NFL exclusive content, not, no more other business. And I just kind of feel like... I'm tired of, of that kind of stuff. I want to no. put out there. Don't ever change, Mark. I mean, don't no. let them change yeah, don't, it. Change. Never take advice from other people on your social media account. Right. Never. Like, if, if we're not going to respond to you sending um, pictures about that trip to Colorado, then put it on Instagram. Someone will respond there. <laughs> That's good advice, Greg. <laughs> the ATN Podcast. Make sure you give it a follow. And if you want to discuss, uh, if, if you're into the show to the point where you want to fight with other people that listen to the show, check out the ATN subreddit as well, which has a thriving community. Uh, we appreciate everyone. Uh, that- hey, and since we're here, go on um, oh, Apple boy. Podcasts or and leave a review, a rating. That really, really helps us out, especially going into the holiday season. You want to give back to us? Well, do it that way. Leave a review, five stars. Thank you very much. That Good. or Venmo. Erica. <laughs> Erica gets her full share uh, today. Good promotion. All right, that's it. This is Dan Hansa signing off for Patrick Claybaum, the old boss, Quiet Storm, and Ricky Hollywood behind the virtual glass. Until, well, tonight. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.